0: Welcome to Pickle Me This, the officially unofficial podcast for Rick and Morty on Cartoon Network's Adult Swim. I'm your host, Jim. And I'm Aaron. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Today, we're covering Season 4, Episode 8, the Vat of Acid episode. Here's Aaron with the recap. Rick and Morty visit a planet
1: to do a quick underground gym swap with a notorious space gangster. However, they get double crossed, forcing Rick and Morty to use Rick's prearranged escape plan, pretending to jump into a fake vat of acid. The ridiculousness of the scheme leads Rick into inventing a real life save button to save face with his grandson. However, living the consequence free life of a video game character quickly teaches Morty a thing or two about life.
0: All right, Aaron, season four, episode eight, the vat of
1: acid episode. What would you think? Uh, I thought this felt like another kind of instant classic. I thought everything on the surface was hilarious, the concept, the execution, the ridiculous gangster voices, the Pixar montage homage, the underlying relational issues it explores like the, you know, the Rick and Morty of this bitchy couple um, and just the maniacally passive aggressive waste of just hundreds and thousands of lives and universes to prove a point. (laughs) <laughs> I, I I thought it was funny, and I also I you know as a as a former Harmontown fan, I just really really have it getting a huge kick this season out of Dan getting into the recording booth and doing half a dozen voices an episode. I think it's I think it's a huge treat. What do you think?
0: I really like this episode, but man, it just reminded me how much I hate Rick. Like, oh, just, he's the worst. Ah, oh, he's so awful. Um, like you said, you know, it's not even just that he's willing to waste you know half a million lives or whatever. It's his grandson's lives. It's like how callous do you have to be uh, and how petty like the the, he's he's petty in like the most grandiose way possible, which is just ridiculous. Uh, Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's a really funny, really good episode. I think, like you said, it's probably going to be one of those classic episodes because it does feel like early Rick and Morty where um, Rick had something to prove uh to to morty you know and and as much as we talked like i think last episode about how fun rick can be at times he can also be this guy who i fucking hate
1: yeah for sure rick and morty's particular relationship i think is interesting because there's almost elements of i guess there's, this could be any relationship it also feels like uh maybe you're six to to six months to a year into a long-term relationship that you ultimately know is going to end in a breakup <laughs> because the things that like you know like like there's something about this one-upmanship of rick where if you've got a good idea he's got a better like you know hey Mm -hmm. let's go to this italian restaurant oh if you want good italian you got to go to here because you know uh there's something about this kind of like one-up blowhard but also kind of the idea that like rick and morty are in this relationship that uh you know morty is very inexperienced naive and rick is very like seasoned he's got all the answers and morty kind of growing up and realizing that rick is a bit of a one trick pony yeah it's it's a great trick but his constant need to challenge himself and you know heistotron every situation would be exhausting especially when you know, you're being forced to jump into a fake vat of acid, and there's all these ridiculous counter contingency plans. And uh-huh. in case of ladle, <laughs> it is just, yeah, I, I could just, uh, I, I don't know. It feels like a, a boyfriend and girlfriend, uh, put uh, like, like full uh, getting, getting tired of each other's shit at, at the early point in this episode.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, this relationship is totally untenable, uh, in the long term. It's, it's a, it's a reminder that having a person like this in your life is just not an option because you're yeah. not living your life. You're living the life they want you to live. Uh, right. It's manipulative to its core. And I think, you know, that's the despicable part about it is like, yeah, Morty, you know, say what you want about him. He's not a great person either, but he's a kid. He's right. learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rick should be the adult in this situation, <laughs> but he's very much a child in his, mm-hmm. in his thinking. Yeah. Um,
1: and I, this, this, is what Morty put on a table of like something being ruined, like the Vada ass was fine until you ruined it. And Morty shoots back. It was pre ruined, Rick, because <laughs> yeah. like at certain, at a certain point, like if your plan is this fucking brittle and fragile, then yeah, like something going wrong with it isn't a unforeseen catastrophe. It's actually just going to, it's, it's, it's something that's inevitably going to happen. Yeah. I also like the the statement about uh when when Morty tries because that's a thing, is like uh Morty's not above trying to manipulate Rick and when he finds like a weakness that he thinks he can exploit, like the fact mm-hmm. that Rick is reticent to do this un you know, this, this save button. Um, he goes in and is like, aha, I know I knew it's because you can't do it. And Rick's statement is like, before what you're doing is called negging. It was called reverse psychology and incels didn't invent it. It was invented by Bugs Buddy. <laughs> I thought that <laughs> that 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 was hilarious. But he, he makes yeah. a statement like I don't do time travel. Um, I know in our previous coverage, we kind of debated about whether that would ever be a thing on Rick and Morty. And debatably, it was a thing very early on in season one. And then pretty consistently, uh, they've not done, they, they've stopped doing that. But I, did we do, I, I'm not, I'm not clear exactly on whether we did time travel at the end of this episode. When we went back to the very first save point, where morty Uh, took ultimate responsibility for everything
0: i don't believe so i I think the way that rick describes it is it's just simply hopping to universes that closely mirror the the one that or closely match the one that you came from or the one that i guess you destroyed but how did he undo like make
1: those mortys that died those realities like they never existed i guess that's the thing because like I could see a point where, OK, Rick's like saying, um, I'm going to collapse you into all of the waveforms where you did all the crazy shit and then never hit the reset button. So you're going to have to be forced to take a responsibility for like it's like a, you play a Super Mario game and Mario just aces every castle, goes right to Bowser and kills him. That is the Morty I'm going to resolve you into. So now, you know, you're going to have to take responsibility for all this. But that's still doesn't do anything about all the Mortys he bamfed out of existence when he oh, yeah. popped galaxies. No,
0: I don't think anything was done about those. I think those Mortys died and well, are what was, still dead.
1: What is So what was the lesson? Why did Why did Morty go along with this? Is he Was this just a yet another trick?
0: Well, I, I mean, the consequences were catching up with him, right? There, there were no... Uh, this device didn't actually do what he claimed to give you, you know, consequence-free redos. It simply put you into a place where the universe you were in doesn't have, it doesn't include the consequences of those actions because you didn't choose to do those things, but in the universes that still exist. And I think the, the universe we see where, you know, the SWAT team shows up and Sotomayor shows up and like yeah. <laughs> uh, everybody shows up hating uh-huh. Morty is a universe uh-huh. in where he, in which he did all of those things, I guess. Hmm. Although it's, that's what i'm mm, saying like because say, in some of those things he gets murdered by the cops and things so
1: yeah and i'm like maybe that's a, the the where he goes and does the suicide by a cop but the cops miss and he gets away with it but the thing that doesn't make sense is like when jerry hits the button and it rewinds all of his you know fucking harrowing plane crash on the himalayas and almost freezing to death and all that stuff it rewinds him back to like so are they saying there's another universe where like a year after Morty Prime, you know, seduces this woman and has this relationship, that a year later in another universe, that they were going to meet cute in the exact same way at that exact moment.
0: They're, yeah, that must be what they're saying.
1: But that feels like time travel with extra steps if I'm going back to <laughs> a previous, you know? It's I feel like, you. this is, yeah, like, uh, but maybe that's the joke. Like, if you're thinking too hard about it, then stop because this isn't time travel we're just going to assert it's not time travel
0: well here's Uh, the joke Uh, it's that every single episode of this podcast is eventually going to come back around to the concept of infinity and I would think within that uh, within that set you would have a universe which is virtually identical but which the events uh, that you are familiar with took place months years centuries I don't know infinite time later
1: Mm, right, you bastard! That this 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 uh, infinity is like a cloak that can cover every sin. <laughs> it absolutely is. Yeah, because like, oh, it wasn't time travel. It's just you know, you never know. It wasn't wasn't Morty's time. All uh, possibilities are 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 not even possible, but reality. Yeah, and also the conceit of the show is that uh you, you also you see like a year of like even if that was true like Morty should age at some point and that never happens. So like that's where it's stuff gets really fuzzy. And they kind of lampshaded that last episode where, Mm -hmm. or I guess the, it was the story can story Lord episode where, you know, the idea that summer would get older and go to college or Morty would like, you know, have to start shaving or whatever. That's just never going to happen. So that is a bit of time, like a time travel loop just built into the fabric of the show's (laughs) reality.
0: Yeah. Now that you're mentioning it, Rick and Morty can't not do time travel unless they want to right. age these characters in, in a certain, right. you know, perspective.
1: Yeah. Um, when he... So, the other thing I thought was I this, this might break the reality um, is when Morty first tests it, or I guess when Rick first tests the device and he shoots Morty and kills him, he hits the reset button and Morty had knowledge of what had happened because he wakes up, he's like, oh my God, you did it, Rick. Mm-hmm. That never happens. Like when Morty hits a button after like uh Jessica blows him off, like Jessica doesn't have realization that she just got blown off and
0: takes that knowledge into the interaction. You're right. They are playing very loose in that scene. Yeah. And and I was confused by that too in the moment, but they move on from it so quickly that right I, I forgot about that. But you're right. right. And I was wondering because, like, I
1: I, I I realized as soon as this happened and when I watched it the second time, um, Rick is right. He's like, so you want me to explain how this all works? Are you ready to have some fun? And Morty's like, fuck, yeah, I was ready to have some fun. Um, so it begs the question of whether if Rick had explained it in excruciating detail if, if Morty would have still accepted the deal or, like, if, like, Rick had left yeah. that. In, but I do feel like they're, yeah, they did play things a little fast and loose, Um but also, it probably doesn't matter. But I did that. But the first time through, I was like, "Well, I know there's going to be some kind of monkey's paw situation here, yep. where this yep. is going to lead to some kind of unfathomable pain and suffering." I, but I couldn't see it. But I thought that might have been, you know, the idea that like somehow, like all these quantum Jessicas are going to have a realization of how lame he is, or he's. Gonna, I, but the, yeah, the way they ended up was probably better than that. But I thought there was some interesting. <laughs> Some interesting dialogue with Rick when, uh, you know, all the stuff was uh, sinking in to, you know, Morty and he's realizing, ah, that's right, bitch. You prestiged yourself. And he says, says feel this. Take it in. This is God. I thought that was so fucking funny. Like, uh-huh. I don't even know what that means. Uh, it feels like maybe that's it's um, lampooning some like really Christian movie that I haven't seen. Where it's like if you experience some kind of painful consequence to let that in because that's God or whatever, but I just, that cracked me up, man. Um, yeah, I also really like the gag specifically related to the fake acid pit. I don't know why, yes. but I think Italian gangster dialogue cracks me up, oh, especially me when you are like, "Hey, oh, well, for sure, they, they like just <laughs> just they don't the, do it.
0: Disbelief at them jumping into the acid is just <laughs> side splitting to me. <laughs>
1: Especially when like they like Rick is like trying to carve these rat bones and then they're like, Oh, we're gonna throw in the henchman and then they throw in the rat and he accidentally lets the big bones go like, whoa, the
0: bones on that rat. Oh,
1: whoa, he's got whoa, two sets! Hey, it's like a cart. Oh my god, it just got funnier and funnier. Yeah, uh fantastic. Just, <laughs> these <laughs> uh and then like the the ladle, oh, it seems pretty acidy to me. Um Oh, and then the cop at the end, like the clever one, like, oh, you're not going to fool me, old man. I brought my own ladle. Uh-huh. Uh, and then he gets, oh, God, the guy gets acid splashed and he becomes acid proof, yep. which, <laughs> yeah, it's funny because like they do such a great job of like lampooning the stuff that's silly like the first the first draft that came out of a person's uh, mouth in their weight the writing room like oh what if they have skeleton float and then like people trying to blow up like that situation to make it silly in the way that like Morty would do the Rick just becomes more grist that you can have the aliens talk about like openly like uh, you know or the cops i just thought that is super funny but Mm -hmm. then like rick saying something like ah it seems like this guy had a lot going on when the realization he's acid proof is like oh this is my michigan J frog singing frog situation i'm gonna go on i'm gonna go on the johnny carson show and do a stupid human trick
0: Uh, (laughs) never test it i I think he's like why he's saying that guy has some shit going on is because his first reaction to being acid proof is to whip down his pants and tell the world to eat his ass. Like,
1: <laughs> well, he's going yeah, to be, this is my ticket out of here. I'm going to be rich and famous. Even, it's bizarre. Yeah. But, like, he's clearly been gets-
0: wanting something more for a while now. <laughs> and this and is the it. show just, the show
1: just gets away with it by just like, well, just like, you know what? Yeah, it is stupid. Let's just draw explicit uh, attention yeah. to how stupid it is. And that becomes uh, something that's even funnier. God, I love it there's a lot of other like kind of like one-off shit like you know rick screaming when morty's like well wait a second if this isn't my reality then how did you know about the acid and him likes like every rick has a every rick has a vat before he slams the universal reset button uh i thought that that was funny and like morty assuming all of the cosmic all, cosmic's responsibility which holy shit like all of the different signs like cannibalism is a choice moscow morty Gamergate, <laughs> like every scandal in the last decade essentially is like morty morty is the forest gump of every fucking twitter scandal or whatever and i i know this has got to be like some of the bizarre things that's happened to dan like you know dan a lot of people came Mm -hmm. at dan i think dan deleted his twitter but like you know one week he's being rocked by the actual improprieties he took with the female in a writer's room back in the community days which he took a lot of resp- you know responsibility for and there's been a lot of press but then like around the same time he got into another scandal where some person found an old channel one video of him um the, the conceit was that uh like dexter his his superpower was uh you know being a serial killer for good like this, Dan Harmon, this this channel one was the idea that, like, uh, he, he was a pedophile that For could good. read the future, uh-huh. that he would go and, like, molest baby Hitler. Oh, no. And destroy their self esteem and confidence so they wouldn't, like, and that was the thing, is like him, wow. like, pantomiming me having sex with a baby doll. And that blew uh, up, and, like, oh, look at Dan Harmon. He's a pedophile, blah, blah, blah. It's just, it's I gotta don't think be he's a
0: pedophile, but, uh, uh, that's that's a dark joke.
1: That's a very dark joke, right? It's a very dark joke. But that's uh-huh. the idea of like this shit can just come like the like like ten years like you can catch ten years worth of shit when in and there's like some blood in the water. I think that's like the germ yeah. of the idea of uh you know
0: like I said Morty being the Forrest Gump of of every scandal ever. Uh, uh, we should we should talk about that montage in the middle because I really enjoyed that. Like I, I kept looking for when things were going to go bad for Morty. And I was like, okay, well, at some point, you know, he's got this reset point. He's got to go back to the beginning. But, you know, this seems to be going pretty well, given Morty's track record with relationships. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when does it happen? And, and every time I was like, oh, okay. As soon as that plane started going down, I was like, I see exactly where they're going with this. Uh, and, and I kept being surprised at, I guess, how far Morty was willing to let this go before uh-huh. hitting that reset button to the point where he never does hit that reset button. No. And Jerry in a does. hilarious turn, right? His dad just fucks it all up for him. <laughs>
1: yeah I thought so like that's this is the Pixar montage like this is the first like two minutes of Up where you know you have the sweet story and like these people meet and you have like the music cues are the same like everything's light and bumpy and then there's a setback like mm. in the movie Up where they, they find out they can't conceive children and it's like things are sad but then there's another like they get through that and they da 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 and then the old man then the old woman dies and then it's ultimate it's it's exactly I don't, and uh, Pixar has done this like this is every this is every other Pixar short. It's in a lot of different Pixar movies. Um, this kind of like montage of dark and light. Uh, and Rick and Morty just like perfectly
0: paid homage to it and lampooned it. Um, it's interesting but the music to me be because is- they talk about in inside the episode or whatever um, mm-hmm. on YouTube, they talk about how they just kind of gave this to the director and said, go wild with this scene. Hmm. Um, and he was talking about how I don't know how much of it was written and how much of it was improvised by the director and the the crew. Uh, I can't say for sure, but it seems like there was a lot of liberty taken in this particular montage scene.
1: It must be really freeing when they give they have like no script. There's no dialogue, like Uh literally we need you. Here's point A and here's point Z do whatever it takes to get and it feels like uh, more and more instead of like laboriously scripting out like crazy action and stuff they just say like hey we need a fight here or we need this gruesome effect uh we need this character through this arc and they just they just do it but uh man the gruesome effect oh, with him hitting those cell phone buttons oh dude no thank what? you with his uh. fucking frostbitten fingers Like I'm surprised that he we didn't wake up And he like hadn't lost his hand or something Right uh, Also there's just a lot of funny jokes Like when they're, cra- they're trying to eat leather shoes And Morty turns over his vegan leathers uh-huh. <laughs> Presumably no nutritional value yeah. um, And then like the post like that like like existential scream he lets out when he realizes what's his what his dad has done and then he like tries to like undo it and he just ends up getting maced like half a dozen times and then Yeah <laughs> to deal with that he he does a repeating Harambe situation where he just re- repeatedly feeds himself to <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> gorillas who just like everyone knows right they're just oh, of waiting of the course second, the second someone jumps in their pit they're, they're gonna be set on all sides they just been waiting oh, for yeah. a human to fall in their trap to tear you apart i just think that's it's <laughs> gorillas it's lions, hilarious. chimpanzees
0: uh bears i assume would do this too yeah, yeah
1: yeah there's something really profound there though too about like the difference between your life when you've built something you're proud of and you have stuff to lose versus when literally nothing means anything. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, like that, that, that Morty, like that's when people, they got skin in the game, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, once Morty stops like, Oh man, uh, it's a save button, but things have gone really well. And like now I'm a week in this relationship. Oh, I've met their parents. Like, Boy, you know, and that that's like when they had that relational problem. I think that was the first test is like, was he going to hit the reset button? And then, you know, the plane crash obviously is a giant one. But uh, there's something there that like, uh, you know, key to maybe a happy, uh, harmonious society is making sure everyone's bought into it. Because if there's like yeah. uh, anyone who's not bought into society has every incentive to like try to scam it, fuck with it, to tear it down. But if everyone's like bought into it and and uh, doesn't want to hit the reset button, so to speak, then then you got you got stability. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, um, it, it's in it, it's in the way that you use it has been such a fucking long-standing Harmontown goof. Oh, yeah. uh, that was like their their uh, uh comp controller. Anytime like a like he just like starts singing that song anytime something crazy would happen in their improv or uh because i don't i i guess this was like a staple in the 80s comedies you know like like this kind of like music riff or whatever um yeah. I, I just was tickled to see uh them then shoehorn this into a rick and morty uh montage <laughs> yeah um and there's some pretty funny stuff in there too like uh it, I do think, like that has been well explored in Westworld. That you know, it's pretty widely acknowledged that if if people had zero
0: consequences, they would do some pretty terrible shit. Um. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, I, because, I'm not. Uh, I'm I'm not above saying, yeah, I would absolutely experiment with that thing. Are you kidding me? Right, right. And I wonder how, like, but but
1: like. Uh, what levels of assurance would you need? There's no consequences before you started engaging it. You know, in, in in it.
0: Oh, I would test. I would start small. You know, yeah. I I'd, I'd take off my shirt and throw it in a pool of water. Hit the reset button if my shirt's dry. And then you know uh, I kick the I kick the old man into the street <laughs> with the wheelchair, right? Yeah. It, it escalates just, fast. I
1: was thinking like you know if Patrick Stewart comes in and is like, oh look here, Jim, it's the I don't know why this is that a Patrick Stewart. Oh sure. look, Jim. Uh, it's do. a holodeck it's a consequence free environment have fun and you go in there and there's a bunch of people just standing around you just mow them down and he comes in He's like oh my god that was just a joke I didn't think uh-huh. like, yeah like how, how do you know that there's that and I guess Morty does he does like little like hey let's see if I can jump over this manhole cover and not uh-huh. die see if uh- I can
0: talk to Jessica without vomiting or something
1: Going right to poor Mr. Goldenfolds and exposing oh, right. his uh, allergic <laughs> reaction, penis ballsy, no <laughs> pun intended. Uh huh. Um, also, like that's the other thing. It's like I want to know if they actually scripted lines uh, for uh, uh, Brandon here, the guy that's the voice of um, the Goldenfolds, or they just got him in a booth and be like, just make shit up. Just, uh. just <laughs> like, just like get in here and talk a mess for thirty minutes, and we'll use because what they came up with. Oh my God do anything, even make a. <laughs> you can do anything, but make a relationship work between you and a woman who thinks using a cell phone makes you a warlock.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: <laughs> what else? What else do we want to talk about, or we we milked all of the acid out of this episode?
0: Yeah, I think that's all I got. is it was, it was a really good episode. It felt pretty classic.
1: Yeah, did we actually hit really hard the idea that the entire moral lesson that he was teaching Morty about? Because like when Morty came to him, like licked, I think he was really repentant and like, you know what, I think you invented uh, a little bit of truth for me here, Rick, and a little little bit of hard lesson about life. But then it all led up to just rubbing Morty's nose into the fact that the only way you can escape the situation that I put in for you is for you to take advantage of this ridiculous acid concept. Yeah, which to admit that my
0: idea was good.
1: Yeah, and then which it immediately blows up in the in their face too because like I don't know whether it's funny because like it seems like the breathing tube wasn't working properly, which distracted Morty from taking his best shot with the ladle thing, mm-hmm.
0: and yeah, also yeah, that, just that's a, a good point. The the plan doesn't work either time, right? No, no. I didn't even because think about that,
1: I mean that's what's so ridiculous about it. it's like you see he's got like Rick has thought maybe two levels down the dialogue tree. And that's like everything. Like he's got like what if someone put something in? they would expect it to be melted. Uh, you know you got the bones. Uh, maybe another bones in case something else. And I don't know it's <sighs> poor Rick. I wonder if they'll ever that that's the interesting thing is because um, they also have found a way to have like Rick and Morty exchange believably good like relationship advice. Mm-hmm. You know where, like, uh, you know, like Morty's like, hey, you know, your head's a pretty good place to be, but uh, maybe let me inside next time, or hey, well, maybe what we we'll really need to do invent is a better way to communicate, and like, have this performative, like, hey, this is actually the way emotionally healthy people would behave, but also have Rick just be completely powerless to his inner shit lord that he has to, he he just yeah. he has this compulsion.
0: I, I get what you're what you're going for here. It's like uh, Rick is so aware. That he's able to convinceably uh, emulate a healthy person when he needs to trick somebody into, you know, doing what he wants or admitting that he's right or something like that. He just doesn't apply those skills to his actual relationship interactions, right? Yeah. He knows, what, or- he knows all the right things to do and say. He just chooses to be an asshole,
1: yeah, it reminds me of like there's something they did there experimenting um, in like the uh, the show devs that we're watching on the the off the clock where um, Nick Offerman's character, we talked about, he he's got this performative compassion, like he knows all the right things to mm-hmm. say when an employee's lost a loved one that you can rattle that stuff, even though he doesn't feel it. And I wonder if they're trying to get with that with Rick or the idea that self-improvement is genuinely hard. Like when the therapist says, oh, well, here's how you're letting your family and friends down and actually betraying yourself. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I had the aha moment. I'll never do that. Like, that's not how it works. Like, you know better is like half of it. The the rest of it is, well, probably 10% of it. The rest of it is just fucking practice. Like mm-hmm. you have it, it's like when someone tells you stop biting your nails, how many people stop biting their nails like Not that's me. a very yeah, <laughs> they're, they're, that's a very hard like habits are hard to, because you, you got all these neural and um emotional and, and, and muscle memory paths burnt into your brain like just yeah. stopping doing stupid shit. Boy, it was that easy. Um, but I like because I've, I've wondered in season one or two, Rick was just an unrepentant narcissist uh, nihilist. They never like and, and and Morty didn't know better. And Summer, no one had been to therapy. But now that that's happened, it's like they're still able to find ways for Rick to be a complete asshole, but yet still pay um, a lip service to the emotional growth that him and the family are going through as well.
0: Yeah, and they, they're really good. <laughs> you know, it maybe betrays like how... Uh, familiar the people writing the show are with believable real life arguments because I Mm. I feel like in those scenes where Rick and Morty are arguing um, you know when they're on their way home or whatever it's super believable the dialogue is just straight out of an argument that anybody on the street could be having Um, and, and there's like a there, there's an intimacy to those characters that they know, like they recognize the patterns in e- each other and themselves. And they're able to like simultaneously feel guilt and shame over those patterns, but fall into them nonetheless when they're arguing. And I I don't know. I, I thought it was a very realistic and nuanced argument they were having.
1: Yeah, I think it's because let's say they're probably, um, you know, too... I think it's probably fair to say that some of these darker aspects of Rick's personality are things that like Dan has struggled with. So Mm -hmm. like this is probably more or less a fight he's had with the person he's had a relationship with or a professional colleague Um, because, you know, it seems like he's uh, a he could he can be a prickly guy to work with. I I imagine this is just like cut and paste stuff that him uh, that that he's, he's dealt with. And so it feels that's why
0: it feels so fucking real. Uh, and something that we can all identify with what morty needs to do is just call rick's bluff we've seen time and time again that rick does care about morty when it comes right down to it like you look at a Mm -hmm. wrinkle in time right that episode says so much about what rick would actually do um, if morty pushed him to the brink or, or or beyond it i think morty just needs to call his bluff a time or two And say, okay, well, if you're so hell bent on proving me wrong that you're willing to blow everything up, then do it. (laughs) Yeah, like I I would love to see an episode where Morty just is like, fine, fuck you, I'm I'm leaving, and I'm never coming back. And he just doesn't come back for a hundred years. You know, he doesn't. he just leaves Rick to stew in his own awful juices Uh uh, until Rick has to be the one to break and come crawling back to Morty. That would. It'd be an interesting development in the power dynamic in that relationship, I think.
1: Yeah, like if uh like if Morty just uh Leroy Jenkins the cops at the end <laughs> and right. suicide by cop, like would more would, would Rick been like, ah fuck
0: it, I guess I'll get another Morty, or would he
1: we've seen know, over and
0: over that Rick wants yeah. this Morty, right? He cares about this Morty.
1: Yeah. Like when when the brass like I'm thinking of the time where they eat uh, the uncertainty principle where they're wearing those time collars and there's only uh-huh. one and he put it on Morty and you know like had this moment of genuine like peace and repentance but as soon as there's a possibility of having another collar he's like no fuck that I'm yeah. I'm getting out of here but like yeah when the chips are down it would be and and I I think I think they might have said that on a commentary, too, that like if Morty ever learns how much power he has in this relationship, then the jig will truly be up. Right. You know, if he like learns that he can, you know, uh, put his foot down or like if he can ever learn that he can take or leave Rick genuinely, Mm -hmm. then then Rick will be fucked. But yeah, I don't know. Seven, I guess six and a half seasons now left. uh, (laughs) They'll probably put that off quite a
0: bit. Yeah. Yeah. Except, it's incredibly badass, it stars an absolute icon of the genre, we're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a
1: party it was, and those of you who didn't, <laughs> now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim, order some custom movie themed drinks at the theater's full bar, Then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved the venue over twice the size as
0: last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've
1: got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little
0: Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest six page at baldmove.com slash live, live.
1: Shall we get the feedback? Let's do it. All right. If you'd like to send us feedback, super easy. Rick and Morty at baldmove.com. We'll read it. If it's not lame and we got time. We'll probably probably read it on the air, too. Uh, that's a proposition. Julian Winkler took us up on it and said, I wanted to point out that there was no mention of the Glory to Glorzo song in your podcast last week. And I think it deserves a shout out. One of the many hilarious Rick and Morty musical numbers. This one really gave me a laugh. What have been your favorite musical moments on the show? Uh, yeah, we didn't shout that out. Uh, You're right. I like it, though. I think. Uh, oh, yeah, I think Fantastic. I think that's another thing as a Harmontown fan. I really like the silly songs that like Dan and his buddies have come up with along the way. Um, I think he's kind of got a talent for like ditties and es- essentially satirically satirical ditties. I mean, shit, that's the that's the thing he won an Oscar for coming up with a ridiculous song for Hugh Jackman to sing it uh, or not. A, he won an Emmy for rather uh, for his writing of that song that Hugh Jackman and Anne Hathaway sang at that one Oscars a couple years back. Wow. Um so he's I think he's good at it. It seems like it's something he's practicing too, just in his free time. What is your favorite musical moment on the show? I mean, get get Schwifty is pretty yeah. damn good. Yeah. All all those like just held, you know, just just and that that the thing is is I guess that's that was all Justin Royland, it turned out. Like that was those are four songs he did uh uh-huh. for some kind of random pro- like loosely related project to Rick and Morty. And that wasn't even Dan, but uh I don't know. There was also the the daughter and daughter and uh, father song that I think came out with the Siddle of Ricks where it's like, you know, dads are poops and peas or <laughs> that one was really good, too, because it was like musically sound, but the lyrically completely insane, like Beckian style vapidness
0: uh, with mm-hmm. just a bunch
1: of pee and poop jokes thrown in. Yeah, uh, the, the,
0: the flu, the flu hate rapper. Is pretty grapher. damn
1: good too. Yeah, little little slight surmix Lock pastiche. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh, Hippo wrote in and said, "Quick word about the discussion from last week about the post credit scenes." That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to talk about your friends and family confessing that they want to bone your other friends and family down. Let's As do a college it. age guy in 2020, I can absolutely assure you that people my age talk openly about wanting to fuck each other's siblings or family members. I I blame Pornhub. I blame all Ugh. the incest Ugh. shit. Ugh. This is this is bad juju. Yeah. Says this has been a normality since my high school days too. So like four years ago. Uh, and it's pretty much equal across genders and across many different groups of friends as well. Uh I recognize Hala Hippo's name from quite a few years back, and I've got the startling realization that this guy might have been or gal might have been listening to to us for like seven years, like since they're thirteen. And I I don't think Oh no. But, yeah. There's some there's some there's some uh There's there's some questionable parenting going on here, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) uh, Maybe they should have talked about your entertainment and what you're engaging in. Uh, He says it's pretty, pretty much equal across genders and across multiple different friend groups as well. If you're close enough friends, guys will tell other guys and girls about wanting to bang their hot sister or mom or male relatives for those so inclined and vice versa for girls talking to guys about the girls and their relatives. Never forget it being at a friend's house. Everyone had a few drinks in. Oh, boy. How penthouse is this going to get? Uh, the conversation ended up talking about each other's attractive relatives. This leads to one of the girls saying to the guy whose house we were at, dude, your dad is so hot. I could let him mess me up <laughs> through our laughter. We all we all hear the footsteps of that dad walking down the stairs of the basement where we all were nice safe to say. It's the most awkward and hilarious few minutes we had in a long time. Awesome. Uh, so anyway, this, is, pretty this much- is
0: Stranger Things season four, by the way. <laughs> It's got to (laughs) be.
1: Yeah. In 20 years, this is this. This is the uh, the the young adolescents will be plumbing, Uh Uh, man. That's the thing. It's going to be like 20 years from now when the kids of this generation who have been like up on sexting and Internet porn and all this shit from the jump, uh, they'll they'll be. I I can't wait to see like what this generation's equivalent of finding your dad's old Playboy collection is like the idea that you find in like like unsupervised kids like when they find out what the internet is how what's the mean time
0: before them searching for like titties and cock N- like it, 3.5 seconds yeah, yeah. I mean, it was for me and that was back in the 90s when it was really hard <laughs> <laughs> um said i can't i can't say anyone's ever admitted
1: to having a porn hub account but we definitely get a, I definitely get questionable reactions rightly or wrongly we'll see we found we, we've dug deep enough. We found the, the moral bedrock of the, the Zoomer generation. There we go. There we go. Your kids, your kids will mock the fact that you're not posting your Pornhub uh, <laughs> history on your your fucking TikTok feed. How are you going to ever have an media. honest relationship without it? Yeah, that's what TikToks going to be in the future. Just uh, porn reactions, porn reaction videos. Yeah. Yeah, and
0: probably of your your dad, rail, and your best friend. I don't know. Mm, yeah, that's going to be the number one category in all of North uh. America.
1: <laughs> Christ. Uh, yeah, yeah. If you want, you got more stuff. You got more stuff like that. Send it in to Rick and Morty with baldmove.com dot com. Uh, we'll bleach your eyes and try to read it on the air. Uh, and that's the that's the show we've got for you. Can't wait to see. They got uh, we got a penultimate episode, a finale episode. What are your odds on whether we're going to get some more um, continuity?
0: We're gonna get some emergency continuity. We're gonna have a, a, a cliffhanger. Continuity. I feel like the the staff is allergic to continuity.
1: I mean, now they got the said the big seven season extension. Like, I, I I'm not looking for it. I'm looking yeah. for them to kind of like this this the whole season they've been saying, kind of like yeah you know continuity schmcontinuity. We're just gonna have some fun. Uh, I I'm I'm saying that we're probably not going to get a big evil Morty, Phoenix Man. There might be an allusion to it in the final episodes, post-credits, but I'm not expecting it. I'm All expecting right. just more jackassery. So, yeah. hey, you bet on that, you're not going to go wrong very often on
0: in, in Rick and Morty, but we'll see. Pickle Me This is distributed and produced by Bald Move. All music featured on this podcast is from the Rick and Morty soundtrack, available from Sub Pop Records. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To discover the many other great shows we do, please check out baldmove.com. If you appreciate what we do and want to directly support us, consider joining our club at club.baldmove.com to get access to exclusive bonus audio and video features. Finally, you can follow us on your favorite social media at baldmove. See you next time.